Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Ori Spado. How are you, Ori? Good morning, Shahid. How are you doing up there in Toronto? I'm doing amazing. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. My pleasure, my friend. Yeah, it's a, it's a real honor, you know, to have you because of your busy schedule and to make time for us and everyone else. Uh, your message is inspiring and we want to kind of make sure more and more people hear you and hear what you're all about and what's going on and all the amazing things that you're involved with. I just want to kind of allow you to introduce yourself to everyone, please. Okay. Well, everybody, my name is Ori Spado. I'm known as the Accidental Gangster. I authored the, the book, The Accidental Gangster. It's a two-time best-selling uh, book. I began, I was born in upstate New York, not far from Toronto, actually, yeah. uh, in a little city called Rome, New York. Uh, great family, mom and dad, not a lot of money, very humble beginnings. At the age of 18, I joined the United States Army, served probably for three years, was honorably discharged. I went back to Rome and I ended up in the insurance business with a prudential insurance company, where I became a leading agent and a member of the Million Dollar Roundtable. After that there, I began my own insurance agency and it ended up become my first indictment in federal court out of Syracuse. Um, and they call that was mail fraud. I ended up pleading guilty to stopping payment on a check. And I got five years probation. But through the years, I got to know people such as Meyer Lansky, Frank Costello, Lucky, uh, not Lucky, uh, Russell Buffalino, Carla Marcello, to eventually meeting Sonny Franchise, the underboss of the Colombo crime family in mm -hmm. New York, where Sonny and I became very close friends for over 40 years wow. until his death a little over a year ago at the age of 103. Wow. Since I, I ended up doing five years in prison, and uh, got arrested in June 2008, on uh, RICO indictment. RICO is racketeering influence corrupt organization, all right, which is the, the best tool that they use against organized crime here in the United States. I ended up doing five years in prison. Upon my release, I had four year, a very strict supervised release. And I ended up writing my book. And in my book, folks, you read my book at the end of the book and my epilogue. I ask for everybody to reach out, hold hands, because together we are all brothers and sisters in this world. And let's make this world a better place. And with that there, I've been helping young men and women, mentoring them, stay out of a life of crime, to get the college education or get a trade. I've been very successful at that. In my book, I say, if I helped one young person, then my book was well worth it. And I've helped several. 
In addition, I, I just recently, last week, I did a, uh, uh, a fundraising for uh, food finders out of Long Beach. Uh, they've been in business for over 30 years to help feed the hungry. And that's one thing in the United States here, we have 53 million people to go to bed every night starving, have no food. I was thinking about that uh, the other day. And, you know, I don't know how it is in Canada, but that should not happen in this country. Globally, I mean, right? So it's Globally, like, it's terrible. Yeah. But, you know, when the rest of the world looks at us here in the United States, mm-hmm. they're asking, why do we have food line? Why do yeah. we have all these homeless people here in this country? Mm. Which will bring me right back to Washington, D.C., to the U.S. House of Representatives. And in my book, at the end of my book, folks, there are letters, all right? Some letters written to people who have been deceased, some to my family members who are alive, but the very last letter is to the United States House of Representatives. So the next thing that I've been getting involved in and I've been working very diligently at is getting some of these laws that we have in the United States because we have the highest incarceration rate in the world. Mm. The United States is 5% of the world's population, but yet we house 25% of the world's inmates. Here in the United States, incarceration is business. It's a big business. So you don't have in prison, you don't have enough schooling to teach the inmates when they come out of prison, how to get back into society, to have a job, be trained as something. They don't do that in our prisons. And uh, I'll tell you a funny story. I mean, a friend of mine up in Canada, he did time in Canada. He's telling me about the prisons there. I said, holy Christ, I'll leave right now. <laughs> All right. I mean, it sounded so great. <laughs> Okay, compared to what we have over here. They were able to order food in on Fridays. They had TVs in their cells. Okay. And you guys do it a lot differently up there than we do here in this country, as well as Germany and other countries, okay, where people come out of prison, they don't go back. But in this country, you're nothing but a dollar sign on your head. They want you to come back because it's big money. And we have a lot of what they call private prisons. So that's a whole new thing. I've been fighting these illegal laws that are on. I did five years for a 924C gun charge. Now, you got to mind you, it was a conspiracy. Nobody saw me with a gun in my hand. An informer said he saw me give a gun to somebody else. Well, she never did see me, Okay. But yet I got charged with a gun charge, and I did five years. That's a minimum mandatory sentence, five years, 60 months. Two years ago, the U.S. Supreme Court said that is illegal and unconstitutional and needs to be vacated from our records. People who were in prison were getting released with that charge. Now, I already done my five years. They can't give it back to me. So, I mean, you know. What does it for me? But that's just a sample of what's going on here in the United States. I'm doing a lot of good. I'm trying to help people. 
uh, the Los Angeles Tribune coming out with a magazine next month. I'm on the front cover uh, from gangster to humanitarian. Yes, beautiful. And those are the things that I'm doing. So what is what do you do with the kids, for example? Um, do you work with like kids in like high schools or do you have a specific program? Like how does it work if someone wants to reach out? Well, it's ironic. I've been invited to several high schools, but now it's summer vacation. So I got to wait until they get back to school. And with the COVID, they didn't have it. No. Okay. Uh, what I've been doing is people mentoring. I have a lady coming in Monday from New Jersey. Okay. Who wants me to talk to her son who just got out of prison and he's finding it difficult, okay, to get into a young man. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things, you know. Yeah. I directly with these people. I also talk with the parents because, you know, these things got to begin at home. You got to have yeah. the support of your family first. Mm-hmm. You know, I was blessed. I had three children. They were right there for me. And, uh, Without them, I'd probably be still in a life of crime. And I would have gone right back to it. Yeah. I would have had no choice. Because how at my age, particularly when I got out, I was 73 years old. 68, 60, 68 years old. You know, nobody's gonna hire me at 68. But what choice did I have but go back to what I knew yeah. in the streets? But you know, my kids were there for me, they helped me, they supported Great. me. So, you know. I had that backing up. A lot of people, a lot of young men do not have that when they come out of prison. No. You know, I try to get them that support. If they don't have a family, I look elsewhere for organizations that do help them out and so forth. Do you think that our media, like movies and information that they're influenced by has something to do with what happens when they become adults or older and teenager, young adult? Well, Shane, that's a very good question. You know, like I told you, I was born in Rome, New York. Mm-hmm. I had two brothers, three sisters. We lived in a duplex home. Uh, my grandparents and my aunts and uncles lived next door. My mother cooked for everybody every evening, 13 people. We had to be, I had to be at that dinner table every night. If I wasn't there, I got a beating. Okay. I was there every night. All the kids were. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being with a family and having that dinner is very, very important. Now, I was born at a time when things were different. We didn't have all this technology. And, you know, I was born at a time where, you know, my mother was a mother. She took care of the house. Mm-hmm. She cooked, she cleaned. Okay. Slowly but gradually, that began changing. Okay. You had the, the husband and wife both working. You know, I remember when you drive by a house, you were lucky if they had one car. Then all of a sudden, there's two cars in every yeah. driveway. All right. And then nowadays you drive by, there's four or five cars. <laughs> four or five cars. Each kid yeah. got one, right? Yep. I mean, and so the parents are not home with their with their children for dinner. The children are oh, just put something in the microwave oven. I'll be home later. That's not being a parent. If you want to have children, you want to bring children in this world, then be there for them. 
because you teach a child from an early age or what they're going to become. They don't have that life. You don't know what's going to happen to them. So what, what do we have today in society? We got kids that got children that can talk, their parents get them a cell phone, a computer, and they're playing games all day. And a lot of these games are not good. Here in the United States, look at all the shootings we're having in all the major cities going on right now as you and I talk. Young kids killing each other. Yeah. All right. Is it the guns? They say it's the guns. They say there's too many guns. Take the country of Albania. You can go to every single home in Albania, and in every home there's a gun, yeah. a rifle. Yeah. But you don't have the killings on the streets. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they don't have all the medicines we have. Mm -hmm. All right? Their child's got a problem. The father might give them a spanking. All right? Over here in the United States, got to bring them to the doctor, and the doctor gives you medication. All that medication you're doing is making your situation work. It's taken away from one thing, but it's giving you other things. And we got too much medications in this country. That's a big, big thing. Uh, we got an uphill battle to fight this. It's tough, you know, like for me, like these video games are so violent. And then the, the movies, you know, I understand it's like this business, you know, this is what people are gravitate to. They like it, but... I think it's, it's causing a lot of um, damage when it comes to what they feel like in their subconscious mind. It's like reprogramming all that violence, movies, you know, especially as boys. They're just so attractive, attracted to those kind of games and those kind of movies and those kind of shows. And the media, we just keep developing, keep developing. So I think it stems for me, like I think it has a big big um, backing to what's happening, you know, this media yeah. and everything. You know, I mean, I don't play games. <laughs> but I get these texts, play this game, play them. <laughs> play them. Yeah. But the kids are. Yeah. So in the book, I didn't get a, a chance, but I'm definitely going to be picking it up from Amazon and reading it. You have an audio version too, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm definitely going gonna to get the audio because that's what I prefer. Well, send me your email. I'll send you the audio. No, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna purchase. I want to support, you know, because it's such a good cause and everything. So, I'm definitely gonna pick it up. And um, is this like filled with all your, your basically your stories? You're from your life because I love that. You know, you have articulated everything. Every, everything in here is from my life. Wow. Every word in here is the truth. Now, there's a lot in there that's not in my life. And I'm happy to announce that uh, a, a screenwriter has written a dynamite script. He spent a lot of time with me. His name's David Steno. A lot of time. A movie? And a movie. A George Gallo, a famous uh, writer-director, will be directing it. Awesome. And uh, right now they're getting a budget. Amazing. I mean, everybody's crazy about what the way this kid wrote it. And the way he did it was, it begins with stuff that's not in the book. Ooh. And it's told through the voice of my son, Anthony, over here. Because oh. Anthony moved in with me in 1999. 
Up to that point, I always lived by myself. My son at the college came and lived with me here in Los Angeles. So he's been with me on a lot of things. He's not involved in the crime. Uh-huh. I never would allow my yeah. children to be involved. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, it's telling a story through the, sons of my, through the eyes of my son. So it's uh, really a great script. And um, they'll be casting it. Uh, right after the budget, the budget will be ready, Easy. probably, hopefully, uh, next Tuesday, Wednesday. Oh, please let me know when that comes. I guess it's going to be out everywhere. It's going to be big news. That'll be an exciting movie to watch. Is it going to be Netflix be or, or is it huh? theater, theaters or Netflix? Like which? Theaters. Wow. Theaters. That's, are you going to play it at yourself later no. at the end no <laughs> i don't know they got my voice in there oh that's all awesome. you got an awesome voice i hear you on clubhouse it's just yeah. so it's it's so amazing because the stuff that you're saying helps people so when you have that kind of voice you're making an effect on people um because they're going to gravitate to the information you're sharing so there's a reason for it you know everything just molded together nicely yeah so how did you go f- from insurance sales into that life? Like, how did that transition? Are you able to share? Uh, like anything, it was a gradual thing. Through the year, I was meeting these people. But as a kid, I was always a hustler. You know, when I got indicted in Syracuse, New York, my insurance license was taken from me. Yeah. And I had to make a living. So, I mean, I just started doing other things, and I was uh. hustling. And slowly but surely, I was groomed and, you know, and then meeting Sonny Franchise there. And then Jimmy Kotsky here in Los Angeles, who was the underboss out here. So I'm like in between two underbosses in different parts wow. of the country. It was a crazy scenario. Yeah. Did you get, um, you must have gotten lucky too, because meaning not lucky, but avoided like anything major thankfully you're here right now today with us so you know thank god that you didn't have and nothing happened to you right through that journey no nothing happened i'm fortunate to be here i'm blessed to be here i lived through it okay and this is one thing i tell the young people all right your your only choices is either to live die or you're gonna go to prison and if you want to live, you got to get out of it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're going to have them in the trunk of a car or prison. And that's, that's the only choice. And you can't beat the law enforcement agency of the country no more. Okay? You can't do anything without anybody knowing what you're doing. They got cameras on the street. Everywhere. You got, everybody's got a phone in their hand. They take pictures immediately. Yeah. So forget about it. Well, the few is going to give like every corner is going to have cameras, right? Like face facial recognition and like China already has that technology, but China's got it. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah. Are you, are you going to be going into any business because you're still young? You're still going at it. I know you work all day. I'm in your rooms at the clubhouse. I hear you. So are you, any plans well, for any my, business? My, my, my business nowadays is, uh, you know, you know, I was known as the Hollywood fixer. Yeah. All right. I'm very good at taking problems, uh, negotiating deals. And I still do a little bit of that. You know, I get called upon uh, for me to talk to somebody and 
and take care of a problem, which I do. Uh, but my, my whole goal is towards making this world a better place yeah. and helping the youth out in this country. That's such a great cause. And anywhere else in the world, right? Yeah. I help a young man out in Ireland. Yeah. Okay, so I mean, it don't make a difference where they are. Okay, because you got crime throughout the world. Throughout the world. But, you know, they contact me through Instagram, Facebook, and then we start talking to each other. And, you know, I see what their family life is like, what their environment's like, and so forth. And, you know, they know they got somebody they can talk to. Yeah. And, you know, it's... um. When I heard you and Clubhouse when we were in a room and stuff, and right away I had like such a intuitive feeling that I have to get your message out. Like I want to bring it out because I have um, three kids, right? So I know the influences out there and what you're doing is exactly what we need nowadays, especially when things start opening up after COVID and stuff. I just have a, a bad feeling of, of everybody and their mindset, where they are, what's yeah. happening with them being indoors that long. Right. So my mission as well is about mindset, getting them aware of their powers. So what you do is getting them aware that, you know what, don't take those steps. Right. If you back right. on the streets, be careful. What would be that specific type of message you could give in a sentence to someone that is, you know, has a job, he's working, but he just wants, he's, he's really enticed to do some side hustle, criminal activities, something fishy, you know, like, hey, I could do this the rest of my life, make some extra money. Um, but, you know, that person does get caught. So is there some kind of recommendation, something you could tell that person that you could share with them if they're going in the right direction or not? You know, let me tell you something. Everybody wants more and more. They yeah. want to help their neighbor. They want a bigger car, a yeah. bigger house, all that stuff. Let me tell you one thing I learned in prison. Okay. I don't need all the clothes that I used to have to go on by. I used to buy so many clothes, I never wore them. The cars, I don't need a fancy car. I'm very content where I'm living here. Yeah, I'm in Beverly Hills, but I got a nice one-bedroom place, living room, dining room. I'm happy, okay? You don't need all of these things. What you need is love and to be happy. Money is not going to make you happy. Money makes your life a little bit better, yes. But if you're going to go out and think you're going to get away with that one score and you think it's worth it for you, you think you're going to be on easy street. Well, let's take that easy street inside of a prison because that's where you're going to end up. And do you think it's worth it? Okay. Doing time in prison, any prison in the world, I call it a waste of time. Waste of time. Our most valuable asset that we have, is time. Agree. All right. Why waste time? Because you're going to be gone. We're a blimp in time here on this earth. I just had a very dear friend of mine. A few weeks ago, we were talking, everything's great. Today, they're burying him back in New York. 
All right, cancer, he died of cancer. All right. It happens. Why not make the best of every moment you have while you're yeah. here? Yeah, every moment. Yeah. Be happy. Stay positive. Yeah. You remember, everything we do yeah. begins in here, in our head, in our mindset. Yes. Do you think you know, about the time? That you do you, you lost like being in in for that long? Do you think about that time that you know? I, what what are your feelings that you have about that time that was wasted? I uh, you heard me talk before. I don't have any regrets mm-hmm. because regrets are negative feelings, mm-hmm. and there's nothing that I could do about the past mm-hmm. except that I learned from the past. I learned that doing life in prison is a waste of time. But, you know, I had to do that time. I did yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Okay? I did not inform against anybody. I went in, did my time, got out. Mm-hmm. But why waste your time? Five years in prison. Five years, the average person, if they live 75, that's almost 10% of your life. That's a big chunk. Yeah. So... Why waste it? Why waste the most valuable asset you have? Why waste it? So true. We take everything that's given to us, or if it's not, if it's free, you know, we don't have value for it, right? Like if we just even look at our bodies, like human body is so phenomenal, but we don't sit there, oh, I'm so grateful for my heart. I'm so grateful for my head. You know, we don't do those things, right? We don't look at these things. They're so precious. Look, at I'm so grateful for the little things that I yeah. have. And our prison here, you know what the most valuable thing in prison was? All right. The day before yeah. I was getting released, what everybody asked me for what? was my leftover roll of toilet paper. Oh, my God. Now, when you think about that there. Yeah. All right. We used to get one roll every two weeks up in Lumbo. You look at my closet. I got about 40 rolls. <laughs> It's just a mental yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Abundance. My son said, Dad, why? I should be because I could. I can. You know I mean? <laughs> That's the beauty part of it, right? When you can, yeah. why not? Right. Yeah. Because you face so, lack. That was a lack. And then when you now that you can, you want abundance. Yeah. That's good. I mean, people wanted that before my mattress, my pillows, or, you know, when you don't have these little things that you're so accustomed to and they're taken away from you. Yeah. It's not just your rights. It's just not the time you're doing in prison, but it's everything else is taken away from you. Mm-hmm. And you gotta listen to somebody probably more than likely don't have any education at all. They're lucky they could read and you gotta take orders from those people. Mm. The guards. This, uh, ladies and gentlemen, whoever's listening in the audience, we love you guys. Like, we're, we love you dearly. And we're telling you, listen to Mr. Spado and just hear these things that if you're making a decision of anything that could take away the most precious thing, time, remember these, this voice that you're hearing of Mr. Spado. I just say no, I just stop. You know, if you're involved in anything, stop, just find a solution. Your mind is so powerful. You can create anything from it. Anything you can have everything in your life. You don't have to go that route. You know, I like to tell everybody, anybody. Mm-hmm. All right. That wants to purchase my book. Mm-hmm. 
if they go to my website, theaccidentalgangster.com, purchase this book, it's $19.95. I will autograph it personally, and I will send you a free audio book. Okay. I'll so do it today for sure. For the price of one, that's at my website. Okay. All right. And for all you folks in Canada who are listening, mm-hmm. you could also get the same thing, but you won't get an autograph one. But you can go to coastalwest.ca. My publishing company is in Canada. So if you want to purchase my book, I prefer going to accidentalgangster.com, of course. Okay. But in Canada, we can't buy from your website, you're saying? You can buy, no, you buy it on my website in Canada. Okay. Okay. But my publisher, their, their, their website is okay. coastalwest.ca. Understood. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, definitely. That's great information. We always like to ask what your inner superpower is that got you to this point um, in your journey. My mindset. Oh, good. My mindset. I stay in a positive mode. I try to make somebody's day happy every yeah. day. I, and when I wake out of bed, I I begin with a happy day. A okay, that I want to make this world a better place. Beautiful. And I'm, you know, and, and I pray that I'm so grateful yeah. for you know my children, my grandchildren, all right, all my relatives, everybody's been there. And you know, I'm so grateful for the thing that I do have. I don't think about the things I do not have, but be grateful for what you have. So true. You add up everything you have and outweighs way more sure. of what you don't have. So true. Agree. Well, Ori has been incredible um, having this casual conversation with you, getting to know you face to face, but more virtual face to face. I am grateful to have, have, come and cross paths this way to have you on my show. Um, I'm definitely going to love to have you on again. Once you know your, whatever exciting things are happening, let me know. Uh, Our audience will love to hear from you. And, you know, at the end of the day, what you're doing is so amazing. Like I, I, I want to support, you know, like it's, it's so needed. so needed. So um, I appreciate you. This has been a real pleasure. We will do it again. You're a good man. You too. Good father. Good family. I love people like yourself. Thank you. And remember, make sure your children are home for dinner every night. Yes, we'll do. Thank you so much, Ori. Have a great day. 